Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you, and welcome. Thank you for tuning in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome today to you as you have joined in. Thank you very much. I pray that this will be a blessing to you as we continue moving forward in our Beauty of Grace series. We're going to pick up from the fact that we are growing together. We saw a little bit of that in the last lesson in the body of Christ. So I want us to pick this up and explore this today. In the last episode, we looked at the camaraderie of grace. Today, I want us to talk about the cultivation of grace. And I want to begin reading with the same scripture that we left off with last time. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, it says this, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. You'll remember we talked about being knit together in the body of Christ, connected and united, and now we're told here, even here, that in doing so, we are growing together. We're growing in Him. We need to be growing up. There is growth in the body of Jesus. You see, beloved friends, salvation is only the beginning is similar to the concept of a human development. When you have a pregnancy, you will carry the pregnancy, carry the baby on until it's time for labor and delivery to happen. And the baby being born is just the beginning of their new life on earth. Now they've been alive, of course, since the moment of conception in the womb. But the first day outside the womb, is the first day that they get to breathe and enjoy a brand new environment. And so a brand new experience and life begins for the baby. So there are many similarities with that and with the Christian life. Because babies in the natural grow up and become adults, even to the point that they continue until they're seniors and in their golden years. And in the spiritual, it's similar. God wants us to grow to the point of full, complete maturity. We have many examples of this in the scripture. The human birth and development and growing is one example. Another is planting and harvesting in a garden. So we want to talk about cultivation of grace in the sense of us growing from being a baby to maturity, growing from being a brand new seed that's just germinating in the ground, so to speak, to full maturity as a complete plant or tree, bearing fruit, producing shade and so forth, and a blessing. Whether we're talking about human development or a seed or plant development, there are similarities and we have many examples from scripture of both of those. So we may use a little bit of this interchangeably as we look at the cultivation of grace. A seed grows to adulthood in plant life and harvest and ripening occurs. A baby or child grows to adulthood in our physical lives. 
The work of grace is what begins it all when one is born again of the Spirit of God. And we've covered that in detail in earlier lessons. But that is only the beginning. There's so much more. We've already looked at many of those things in earlier lessons, and we want to carry it forward today. The goal of any childhood or development phase is to grow to maturity. It's the same with Christians. God's desire is that we will grow to maturity. Paul had that same desire for those that he ministered to. He records it for us in Colossians chapter 1 and in other places. His desire, his joy and crown was to see those that he had poured into of the gospel of God and of the word of the living God. He wanted to see them grow to maturity. Beloved friend, that's still my desire today and others, many others, as we are serving in the body of Christ, teaching and seeking to make disciples. We want to see you grow to maturity. It's the same way today as it was even back then. We want to see you grow to maturity in even two different ways. Spiritually, of course, and that's the focus of this message, where our inner man will grow to a mature disciple of Jesus Christ. And also God desires that the church of the living God grow numerically. Now, I don't mean we're after just numbers just to fill up some attendance registry and say we had so many people in church, but we're talking about the growth of the body of Christ as more and more people become disciples of Jesus and begin their own journey, their own new life in Jesus Christ. God wants his house full. He wants everyone, all those who will come to him, he is wanting them to come to him. So let's discuss the cultivation of grace in the life of believers, even today, and how that applies to us growing as disciples of Jesus Christ. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. He has so much more to offer you as you grow. You know, it's just like when a woman has a baby. That Baby is unable to eat anything at that point besides just simple milk. The baby can't run. The baby can't walk. The baby can't swim. The baby can't talk yet. The baby can't sing or understand things yet. It's miserable if that was all there was for the precious little baby. But we care for them. We feed them the milk and help them grow. And when they grow, they begin to be able then to eat other foods, walk, run, swim, jump, play, talk, sing, understand. Eventually, they can get to the point where they can play softball, drive a car, ride a horse, or achieve their dreams. And they're able then to begin to live a full life because they've grown. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He's talking about the thief coming only to steal, kill, and destroy, but he says, I've come that you would have life and have that more abundantly. In other words, he's like, I want you to have everything I have for you. I want you to be able to understand it all that I give you. I want you to be able to enjoy your life and your 
walk with me and your journey as my disciple. God wants us to grow up in him and experience all that he has for us. So let's discuss a few of the ways that scripture speaks of in regard to our growing to maturity in Christ. How is this cultivated in our lives? Well, here again, let's talk about the human beings. First of all, we start out as a newborn baby. There is a seed conceived inside the womb, and that whole process inside the womb of that baby's life is being ordained and orchestrated by the living God. He is the one who creates us. He is the one who fashions us and crafts us and makes us. And Psalm 139 tells us that. But then there comes a day when the baby is born. And when that baby is first born, it's a brand newborn that can only handle milk. I want us to see the similarities between these things in the natural and what the Word of God tells us. A newborn baby can only handle milk. Notice this is true spiritually as well. In 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 22, we're going to read through chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 22, and into a few of the verses in chapter 2, it says this, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. So Peter here in chapter 1 is closing his chapter out by helping us understand that in a sense now, when you are born again of the Spirit of God, you become a brand newborn baby in Jesus Christ. And you are born by the word of God, that you've received the word of the gospel, that you have believed in, and received and applied. And so now, continuing in chapter 2, he says this, Therefore, he's still talking to those who are babes in Christ Jesus, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So Peter is telling us here, as brand new babes in Jesus Christ, the first thing you must do is desire. Your, your food is in the milk of the word of God. Your food, your necessary nourishment, you need to have that appetite, desire the milk of the Word of God. And I've heard of so many people that the minute they're born again, they get a hunger for the Word of God. That's God. That's God working in us by the Spirit of the living God because we've now come alive in Jesus Christ. And so we long to read His Word. The sincere, pure milk of the Word is what we need at that point. 
because the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is enough. The word of God is what we need to be feeding ourselves with. Not somebody's book about the word, not some devotional, not some this, not some that, but the word of God, the sincere, pure milk of the word of God. Then in John chapter 8, I want to read verse 30 through 32. Jesus has just spoken some things and some people notice this, are believing in him. Verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Many people became born again. Many people put their faith in him. Many people became like these newborn babes. So what does Jesus say to those who are brand new, newborn babes in him? Verse 31 and 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, he's speaking directly to these newborn babies, to those Jews who've just come to believe in him. He says this, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Just desiring that pure milk of the word, the pure word of God, abide in that. That's what brand new babies in Jesus Christ, those who have just gotten saved, they need to desire and feed on and abide in the milk of the word of the living God, his word, what we call the Bible, Genesis through Revelation. The pure word of God is that milk. But the goal is that a baby no longer needs milk, but can now add to that. The goal is for the baby to receive the milk as long as it needs it, but eventually to grow, to grow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want to read verses 1 through 3. Paul is writing and he says this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So in this passage, Paul is expressing his disappointment because the people that he's trying to speak to are still babies in Jesus Christ. In other words, they've, they're, they've grown enough, they've had plenty enough time and teaching and milk that they should now be desiring to grow up. They should now be growing to the next level where they could be eating some soft foods, like a baby, for instance, where they would be beginning to learn to eat more, beginning to learn to grow up in the Lord and not remain a baby. The context here is he's comparing them because in the baby stage, continuing in the baby stage, they are choosing to stay carnal. It's speaking of carnality. That word is talking about those things that are of the flesh. In other words, it's having that nature of the flesh, succumbing to fleshly appetites, concerned with the things of the flesh, not with godly things. 
governed by human nature, governed by our desires, our fleshly desires for sin, for selfishness, etc., and not for the things of the Lord. It's being undisciplined, still aroused or seeking to please your fleshly desires. Do you see, if you will abide in Jesus' word, it'll begin to cleanse those things out of you. God, by the Holy Spirit of the living God, through his word, will begin to to cleanse those things. It'll begin to break the bondage of those things. The truth will set you free. But when you cling to and continue in this human nature and these desires for this human nature, and you no longer will succumb to the word of God and let it cultivate you and let it grow you, then you remain carnal and you remain like a baby. This becomes a hindrance to your maturity and must be overcome. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control or temperance, that ability to master over your fleshly desires, that ability that the truth will set you free because you're knowing the truth, you're feasting on it, you're learning it, and God by the Spirit of God is working in you. These things from the Word of God as you pour yourself into it and abide in God's Word. We're given four works that the Word of God will do by Paul in 2 Timothy. It's good for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness so that it equips you to live in victory, to grow to maturity, and to serve the Lord and be ready and open for every good word and work. God wants us to grow up. And so Paul was disappointed with this particular church because they were staying babies. How bad would it be if after a year and a half, the baby was still on nothing but milk, couldn't eat a Cheerio, couldn't eat a piece of toast, couldn't eat pureed foods? That would be awful. And so Paul had come back to them when they had had plenty of time to have turned from carnality and now be growing in the Lord. And so he was expressing disappointment in that. Babies in Jesus Christ, yes, they need the milk. But just like in the natural, a baby at some point begins to grow to the point where you add more and it begins to grow and develop a hunger and an ability to grow up and be able to receive other nutrients that it also needs to grow healthily. There's a place at first for that brand new baby to have nothing but milk, but there comes a point where there should have been development to the point that they can then grow up and begin to eat more, begin to eat solid food. As we grow up, In the Lord Jesus Christ, we're no longer easy prey for the devil. Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 4. I want to begin the reading in verse 11. And he himself, meaning Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ that we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That means to a mature person, 
to maturity, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So we need to understand that it's important that we grow up. It's God's desire that we grow up. And as we grow up and can handle more, we're not easy prey for the enemy. We're not carried away by every wind and wave of doctrine. Every little thing that blows across here and claims to be Christian or every little thing that could could rage up or roar up or unsettle us, every little thing that would kind of toss us, is this really true or not? Well, the way you know is you judge it by Scripture. Scripture is the truth. The Bible is the truth. And so as you grow, as you soak up that milk of the Word, as you abide in the Word, you begin to understand the truth. You begin to learn how to apply it. And it's the truth that makes you free. And it's the truth that establishes you. So you are not easy prey for the enemy to come along with some wind and wave of doctrine and take you away. The anchor for us is the word of the living God. Just like it speaks of in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 through 20. It talks about the anchor of the soul. And it's all connected to the fact that God spoke and gave promises. He gave his covenant. And we trust in that. That is the hope that we have that becomes the anchor of our soul. God's desire is that we grow to the point that we could eat steaks and eat all-you-can-eat buffets and eat whatever we want to eat in the natural. It's that desire, that same desire, that we can grow to maturity to the point that our bodies can then receive whatever type of nutrition we need, whether it's meats, poultry, whether it's vegetables, fruit, milk, and dairy products, whatever it is that we can grow to the point where we can get all of that and we're no longer on just milk, but now we can eat solid food. I want to turn now to Hebrews chapter 5, and I want to read verses 12 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So here he's talking about growing to the point that you can eat solid food. 
And the author of Hebrews is saying here, the ones he's writing to and speaking of, he said, you ought to be that, you ought to be at that point. In other words, you take in the natural. Let's think about it like this. If someone was five years old and still all they could eat or drink is milk from a bottle like they would have done when they were a baby, a brand new baby. Yes, they needed it then. But the goal was that by the time they're five years old, they're able to eat regular food. They're able to eat all of the various foods that their body needs for nourishment. Now, there are extenuating circumstances at times, diseases and other things that may hinder that in the natural. We, I understand all of that. But in a normal path of development for human beings, a baby will drink milk, but it will only drink it as long as needed. And then it will be able to grow to the point where it begins to eat normal food and regular food. And in the normal course of things, you will have a child that's five, six, eight years old, whatever, that can eat steaks, that can eat fish, that can eat chicken, that can eat whatever. And so the author of Hebrews here is speaking of someone who should be, someone who is, you know, in that example, maybe five years old or eight years old, should be well able to eat normal foods. And they're still just on baby's milk. And so Paul is saying that means they're unskilled in the word of God. Steaks and these other things, these solid foods are for the skilled. For those of full age, he defines it for us here. Those that are of full age, those that are mature enough, those that are plenty old enough by now in the Lord. If they had been feeding on the Lord and growing as they should have been, they'd be at full age. They'd be able to eat the solid foods. Full age is when they have used their reason of use to be able to eat the solid foods in the scriptures, in the word of God in the spiritual sense. Reason of use, that's talking about being through habit and practice. It's a power that's acquired by custom, use, practice, and habit. It's something that's resulting from habit and practice. Now in the natural, we know that it takes approximately a month for us to practice something enough on a consistent basis that it now becomes a habit to us. So I want to leave you with this challenge. I want to mention this to you right now. I don't know where you're at in your journey with the Lord. I don't know if you're still a brand new babe. If you are, then you feast on the milk of the word. Oh yes, that's exactly what you need. That's exactly what Jesus said about in my word. And you will grow as his disciple. But if you are to the point where you need to be moving into solid food, you need to be growing up then develop a habit. Practice the Christian disciplines. Practice by reading, by every single day, set aside some time, treat it as if it were a date or a high priority that you could not miss, whether it's first thing in the morning, the last thing in the evening, lunchtime, whatever time will work for you. Set aside a set period of time, whether it's 15 minutes or whatever, and read the Bible, and pray to the Lord, and seek Him, 
as you do that and as you develop practice and habit forming, you will develop skill in the Word of God because you'll begin to understand it more as the Spirit of the Living God begins to bring that understanding to you. Develop the habit of these things, similarly to brushing your teeth. Most people, you get up in the morning, you're going to brush your teeth. That's one of the very first things you'll do. When you go to bed at night, one of the very last things you do, brush your teeth. You've developed that habit over time. Why? Because you know it's healthy. You know it's good for you. You know you need to do it. Same way, practice the Christian disciplines. Build those habits into your life. This habit building exercises your senses. In other words, it trains your organs of perception so that you begin to understand the Word of God. You begin to discern the things that God wants to reveal to you. You begin to see it and get it. And it begins to develop fruit as you grow to maturity. It's talking about this, this word about this exercising as if you're training rigorously for the Olympics or some other game. It's exercising and training vigorously. That takes resolve and determination that you're going to plug through. You're going to do it. You're going to discipline yourself. Paul said, I buffet my body daily. He gave it concentrated effort and realized it was hard work. He was denying himself. Jesus made this comment. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So Jesus teaches us about this self-denial this exercise and training rigorously, this determination and concerted effort of denying ourselves and following him. You see, beloved friend, Jesus never minimized that there's a cost to discipleship. Just like a player in a, an Olympic game recognizes there's a cost they have to pay to train properly for those games. It's going to require denial of themselves. It's going to require hard work. It's going to require exhaustive work. But they choose to pay the cost because the reward is worth it. Beloved friend, may each and every one of us choose to pay the cost of discipleship and let the Spirit of the living God cultivate inside of us the things needed that we can have solid food and be growing to maturity because the reward is worth it. As we discovered when we looked at the calculation of grace, the reward is worth it. Jesus is worth it. And we need to assign the proper value to him, the proper priority 
to him. The Holy Spirit is the agent of grace to cultivate God's work in us, but it requires our cooperation to allow him to fully cultivate us, growing us up in Jesus Christ. God's desire is that every one of us will grow to full maturity, be able to feast on his word, enjoy his banquet, and enjoy the freedom that it provides to us because of the truth that we now know and are living by that brings us freedom. I want to close us out by these words from Peter in his final epistle to us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Beloved friend, be growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of our Beauty of Grace series and for other messages brought by Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.